Guys, last week we started this new series um, titled, I Will Be a Church Member. And kind of the premise of the series is, is, is really this. A lot of us, uh, we, we speak of church membership as a noun. I, I am a church member. And, and so instead, what we really kind of want to challenge you guys to think about is, is this biblical concept of membership that the Bible says that the, uh, the church is a body. And, and that body is, is a living, active organism. And because the body of Christ is living and it's active, that means that we shouldn't just think about church membership as I am, but we need to think of it in that active sense. I, I will be, right? What, what am I doing? We need to think of it kind of as a verb. And so uh, we, we, we kind of said a few things last week. I hope we didn't offend anybody, but just uh, things to think about, like the fact that the church isn't a country club, right? Uh, that, that I don't show up here thinking about what perks and privileges I should get. Rather, my attitude should be that when I show up here, I'm thinking about what I can give to the body so that I might make the body better, right? We, 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 we talked about that. And so um, we left off last week, I left off challenging you to examine your attitude about this thing called the church. And uh, I said, you know, hey, I want you to go back. I want you to read Philippians 2 because it says we should have the same attitude as Christ has. And the attitude that Jesus had for the church, specifically uh, his bride, was that he gave himself up for her. That's the attitude. And so that's the attitude we're going to call you to over the next six weeks is to be thinking in that fashion. What does it look like to give myself up for the bride? What does that look like, okay? And so I told you last week, we're going to have six commitments we're going to ask you to take. Now, here's the deal. Uh, on the back of your sermon notes, there is this long uh, commitment. You, you don't have to read it right now. We're going to walk through it together and we'll talk about what it means. And, and then there's a place for you to sign. But guess what? Uh, that, that signature, that's just between you and Jesus, right? Uh, don't turn it in. Don't mail it to me. You don't have to email me and say, hey, I signed it. Like, I, don't, I don't need to know that. That's between you and the Lord. Because here's the truth. If we truly make the commitments we're going to ask you to, to make over the next six weeks, um, it's going to be evident. It's going to be evident because our, our entire church, the way that we think about the body of Christ, what we do, man, you're going to see a visible change in our midst. I just believe that. And so um, this morning, our first commitment, that's what we're going to talk about. Before we do, we're going to pray. So join me in a word of prayer. Okay, Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word, which is good. And we know that it's alive, that it's active, it's sharper than a double-edged sword. And we know that it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And God, we say we need all those things today. God, we need you to teach us. We need you to correct us. We need you to train us, right? Some of us, um, we, we just need to grow in how to do this thing, uh, this following you kind of thing, right? Um, some of us today, we need you to rebuke us by the power of your word, through the power of your spirit. So Holy Spirit, we recognize this morning, we, 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 we always pause during this time, we just say, you are the teacher of this church. And so Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do and exalt Jesus in our midst that we might see him clearly. King Jesus, as you were lifted up, your word says that you would draw all men to yourself. And that is what we need more than anything else, to be drawn closer to you. Please do this, Jesus. In your name we ask these things. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So guys, we're going to read a good chunk of scripture. I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 4, and we're going to read all the way through chapter 13, okay? All the way through chapter 13. Some of you are going, what? Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 are actually meant to be read together. I'm not going to go all the way into 14, but I just want you to see kind of the, the context, how 12 connects to 13. So starting in verse 4, the word of God says this. It says, now, there are different gifts, but the same spirit. 
There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. And to another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between the Spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To one another, uh, interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all of the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one Spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor. And our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles and second prophets and third teachers and next miracles and then gifts of healing and helping and administration of various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all do miracles? Do all have the gift of healing? Do all speak in other tongues? Do all interpret? But desire the greater gifts and I will show you an even better way. If I speak human or angelic tongues, but I don't have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. It doesn't, uh, it's not boastful. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It is not irritable. It does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they'll come to an end. As for tongues, they'll cease. As for knowledge, it'll come to an end. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then 
face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Three things I want to share with you uh, this morning, and they're going to kind of build on one another. And so here's the first concept, and we're going to kind of understand 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 in context. We need to start here, and it's this, that Scripture would tell us, guys, that we are saved, empowered, and uniquely gifted, okay, in order to do good works. We are saved, empowered, and uniquely gifted in order to do good works. And I know you didn't see all that in 1 Corinthians 12, so I'm just going to build this argument for you. And, and so we kind of begin uh, in, in the book of Ephesians. And, and we start with this truth, guys, that we are saved, at least in part, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 2, uh, 8 uh, through 10 says this. It says, for you're saved by grace through faith. Okay, so uh, you're saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not from works. So you're not saved from works. It says, uh, so that no one can boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. And so if we're going to break that down. What the Apostle Paul says is, listen, you're not saved by good works, okay? You're saved for good works, all right? That, that, that good works can't save you. They can't make you right with God. They can't bring you into right relationship with God, but rather it is only by the grace of God that we're saved. We fall into that grace of God through faith, and, and when that occurs... God does that. He saves us so that we can perform good works, which he has always intended for us to do. It speaks of God's purpose. It speaks of God's design. And so that, that's where we begin, is that God has saved you in part to do good things, okay? To do good works. And some of you are going, aha, I didn't know that. Okay. So I'm not just saved um, to, 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 to you know, increase my knowledge, to just read the Bible. I'm actually saved to do things, to do things. Um, some people think our slogan around here is silly. Love God, love people, do something. And they're like, I don't understand what that means. Well, exactly. That's the point. So we're going to keep saying it over and over and over. You are created to do good things. In Christ, he actually made you to be somebody that doesn't just hear the word of God, but actually puts it into practice. You're supposed to do good things. You're created in Christ to do that. So you're saved for, uh, in part at least, to do good works. But not only are you saved, the Bible goes further and says not only you're saved, but God gives you the power to do this too, right? You're, you're empowered to do good works. Uh, Acts 1.8, Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to receive power, right? And, and, and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of earth. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so not only does God save us for these good works, he also empowers us to go and do these things, to witness to others, to, to love others, to be a light to the world. And, and so, so we're, we're, we're empowered to do this. But not only are we empowered, we're also equipped. And the Bible says that God has uniquely gifted each of us for the good works that he has prepared us for. Now, we just read it. I'll read it again, starting in verse 4, there through 11. He says, now there are different gifts, but the same spirit. 
There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And and there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, uh, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all of these things. And you you switch, uh, switch over and I'm in verse 24. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable so that there'd be no division in the body, uh, that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, they all suffer. It says, now you're the body of Christ, individual members of it. And God has appointed uh, these in the church, first apostles, then prophets, then teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, then helping, administration, various kinds. And so Paul begins to build this argument about uh, all of these gifts. And so here's what scripture would teach us. Now we combine 1 Corinthians 12 with Romans 12 and with Ephesians 4, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans, you're not writing this down, Romans 12 and Ephesians 4. Those are the places you're gonna find the spiritual gifts in the Bible, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4. And these are the gift list is what we call them. This is where Paul kind of lays out, here's the gifts. And so what scripture would teach kind of up here is that when we become a follower of Jesus Christ, when we become a child of God, when we are born again, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, when we are born again spiritually, God at that moment uh, puts his spirit in us and the spirit of God gives us unique gifts, okay? Unique gifts. We don't get all of them, but based on our measure of faith and God's knowledge of who we are, God puts in us the ability, something we didn't have before, he gives us a gift, okay, of the Spirit. Sometimes we have a, a, a multiple, okay, but typically there's, there, there's one or two above the rest, and so we, we, we have a newborn, as newborn creatures, we have newborn abilities in Christ, okay, that, that God has given us. And, and hear me, listen, these gifts of God, these spiritual gifts, are meant for the same thing that you're saved for. They're meant for the same thing that you're empowered for by the Holy Spirit. So, so you're saved, you're empowered, and you're gifted to do what? To do good works. To do good works. That's where we begin, okay? So I want you to understand, if you're here and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that God not only has saved you, which is amazing, okay? But not only did he save you, but then he gave you power. Some of you here, and, and, and I get it, I, I get it all the time, and we'll talk about spiritual gifts here in a little while and, and, and how to figure out your gift. Um, it always, I, I'm shocked as a pastor how many of you feel uh, powerless, Okay? I'll ask you to take a spiritual gift test and figure out your spiritual gifts. And we've done this before in this church. I think last time was two or three years ago. And then I get a hundred emails going, Pastor, I don't know what to do now. It's like powerless, right? I just don't know. You guys are so knowledgeable in the world, right? You go out, you kill it in so many areas. You walk out with great confidence. And then it comes to the things of God and you just, oh, I'm just not sure, right? But the Bible says God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Or to me. He gave us a spirit of power. God empowers us. He gives us to go and to do his work. And so I'm just going to, we're going to break through all that junk that you've believed about yourself this morning. Okay? That junk that I, I don't know how to do. I don't know what to do. I, we're just going to destroy that here in a little bit. So we start here. Okay? The Bible says you have been saved, you've been empowered, and you have been uniquely gifted in order to do good works. Now, the, the next step, these, these points are going to build. Here's the next thing you need to know. These good works are meant to be done designed by God to be done within the body 
okay, in a spirit of cooperation with one another. And so God has designed the church so that our unique gifts would be used in cooperation with one another. So God has saved us, he has empowered us, he has equipped us to do good works. Those good works by his design are meant to be done in a body of believers that also have unique gifts and they're all supposed to cooperate. Your gifts are supposed to cooperate with my gifts, my gifts are supposed to cooperate with your gifts and they're all supposed to work together for the common good, okay? If you don't believe me, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven. It says, a manifestation of the spirit is given to each person for what? For what? 12, seven, look it up. A manifestation of the spirit, is that, that means this gift is given to each person for what? For the common good. That's why it's given. So, so, so listen, I, I'm not trying to freak you out. I'm just trying to tell you in the individualistic culture that we live in, I think some of us have thought that our gifts were given so that we might be something special, okay? Right? We might win a special trophy because that's kind of how we think about life. That is not how the kingdom of God works, okay? And the reason the kingdom of God doesn't work that way is because God wouldn't get the glory that way. And so we have a tendency to make people in, in, in the kingdom into celebrities, right? We want to put them on high. Say, man, they, they write such great books. They preach such great sermons. I mean, look at their holy life. I mean, they gave away all their poor and they went and, and, and they spent their whole life with lepers. Oh, hail that person. They're great. And, and yet the kingdom of God's not about that, right? Because, because when we do that, when we make individual members of the body into celebrities, those, those members of the body get all of the honor and not the God who somehow takes all these diverse members and makes them all work together. See, but when we began to understand how the body works, and we don't just put a spotlight on somebody that we think is doing it better than us. And instead we decide each to take up our own roles and the body begins to function the way that she's designed to. Then people look to the church and they say, wow, there must be a God. Because there is no way that people that diverse could all have the same love, the same passion and the same purpose. You follow me? That's what I'm submitting to you today is that God and his unique design so that he might get the glory, his design that our gifts, our unique gifts that he's given us would be used in this body, okay? So that he might get the glory. And so we, we start there that we've, we're, we're designed to work together in a spirit of cooperation, right? In a spirit of cooperation. It brings me just to the last point, all right? There is something that makes all this work, Okay? Think about this with me. You think about a unique body. You think about a bunch of moving parts and everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Okay, that's true. That's true. I, I don't know about you guys. My hands, when I go back and watch myself on video, my hands do their own thing. They just don't stop. You guys have seen it. Oh man, your hands are moving on. I have no clue what these stupid things are doing. Okay, I just talk and they fly and I'm just, I don't know what you're doing. And, and so like in your body right now, uh, but beyond you knowing, right now your circulatory system is pumping, right? And it's pumping blood through your body and that blood is going to your brain. It's going to your toes. Some of you, it's not going far enough and some start to fall asleep and, and you better get it now because when we dismiss, you're going to be like, uh, <laughs> Just doing one of those because you sat on it wrong. Like, like listen, um, your, your body right now has a million things going on that, that, that if we were to document, you'd go, oh my gosh, wow, that, that's freaking me out a little bit. And if one of those things ceased to function, man, you'd have some issues, okay? Listen, the body of Christ is that way. 
We've got a hundred different things going on, a thousand different things going on. God's gifted us all uniquely. He's given us different, on top of those gifts, we have talents, we have passion, we have desires, all this stuff is going on. And yet, get this, God says, all that's going to work together. And you go, Lord, how on earth does all that work together? Okay, so listen, in your body, in the human body, there is something that holds all that stuff together so that it can work, okay? Now, now I, I, I didn't get the picture for you, but you guys can go Google it. Uh, there's a protein substance called laminin, and laminin is literally the stuff that holds your, 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 your skin and your bones. I mean, literally every living organism has this thing called laminin that, that holds it together. It's the glue that holds it together. And in the same way, okay, the spiritual body of Christ called the church is held together. And it's held together by a glue called love. Okay? It's held together by a glue called love. How do all these diverse individuals with, 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 with you know, different gifts and different passions, how do they, they go out into the world and, and together accomplish things that are, or, are much greater than what they could do on their own and by their shows? How is that humanly possible? And the answer is, it is not humanly possible. Okay, But it is divinely possible when the people of God realize that the thing that makes all of this work is the love of Christ. Okay, And so that's our last point. The love of Christ is the glue that holds the church together and allows it to function properly. So there is a reason that Paul writes about the gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then he writes about love in chapter 13. And then he goes back to the gifts in chapter 14. And that reason he's trying to get you to see the only thing that makes all of this stuff work together, the thing that holds uh, here and here together, the thing that holds and binds it all together is the love of Christ. It's the love of Christ. It is the thing that holds us all together. And, 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 and guys, this is the only way it's possible. Only way it's possible for a diverse body to work, right, is by being patient and kind with one another. Think about that. The only way we can, we can function, each uniquely gifted, each with different roles, right? And the only way we can come together for the common good, and, and by the way, what is the common good? That we might be the hands and the feet and the mouth of Jesus in a world that's hurting, in a world that's desperate, right? How, how do we do that? Well, well, the answer is that we come together, and, and 1 Corinthians 13, right? It says love is patient. We come together and we're patient with one another. Do you know why? I don't know how your body works, but sometimes there's certain parts of my body that just don't seem to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know what I'm saying? But like, come on, digestive truck. What happened? What happened? I don't know. I'm eating the same stuff. I, I step on the scale. I weigh more than I used to. I don't understand. What is going on? You got to be patient, man. You got to be patient, right? Love is kind. And so, so again, by the way, that means 1 Corinthians 13 is not so much meant for a wedding. It's not so much meant for a man and his wife. It's about Christ and the church. It's about how the church deals with one another. And so I'm patient with my fellow brothers and sisters. Get this, I'm kind to my fellow brothers and sisters. It's the only, thing, it's the only way you can work with people side by side, rubbing elbow, joints and marrow, is it, that I'm going to be kind to them, right? Now, get this even further. It says that love's not envious and it's not boastful. You know, you know what, what's a key to being all by yourself on an island? You just be like this all day. It's all you're doing, right? Because you're oh, my fingers are so good. God has blessed me. Look at this. Look at this. Everybody else be like, yeah, you're by yourself. It's all you can do. Maybe a little bit of this. 
Can't, can't pick up anything because my arm ain't working, right? I just, that's it. Doesn't work that way, right? So I can't, I can't be boastful, right? Not only can I not be boastful, get this, I can't be envious, right? I can't be envious that my job, ready, is the elbow, right? Oh, man, I wish that was a hand. The hand gets all the attention, right? Well, yeah, but the hand only gets the attention because the elbow be working, right? That's the only reason. And so, so to listen, in God's body, in the church, this is it. And I know too many people that are envious of other believers, Man, they, I wish I had the gifts that they, man, I wish I could sing like Jacob. I wish I could play the piano like Sharon. Man, I wish I could teach like, 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 like Jeff Carter. I, man, I just wish I could do these things. And yet God said, man, I, I don't know why you, you look for those people that you think are in the spotlight. I've actually given more grace to the people that are unseen, to the elbows, to the hips, Right? So, so 1 Corinthians 13, man, it's not envious, it's not, it's not boastful, right? It's not rude, it's not selfish. It chooses not to be irritated, this thing that keeps us together. It keeps no record of wrongs. Rather, love bears all things for one another. It, it believes, it hopes, and endures all things. That is the context of 1 Corinthians 13. That's what a church is meant to do, okay? So we build those things up, right? I am saved, I'm empowered, and I'm uniquely gifted by God in order to do good works. Those good works are intended to be done in the body of Christ in a spirit of cooperation in which the thing that makes all of it work and binds us together is the love of Jesus. All right? You following me? Okay. So that's, that's where we're headed. And listen, the Bible says this is the only way that we can be functioning members of the body. That's it. That's it. So... Let's unpack this, some application. Number one, first thing you need to do is you've got to discover your place in the body. You've got to discover your place in the body. And so uh, here's what God has done for you. Not only is he giving you gifts, but he's also giving you natural abilities. We call those talents. So you've got gifts, you've got talents, and you also have passions. Okay, that's things that you care about, that you're deeply motivated by. Somewhere where your gifts and your talents and your passions all meet is a place that is just for you and you're going to find contentment, okay? Somewhere in that realm. So you've got, you've got spiritual gifts, you've got natural abilities and talents, and then you have the passions, the things that your, your heart beats for. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Sharon earlier. So great passion for foster care and adoption, right? That's something we share in common. That's not everyone's passion in the church, because, you know, we'll have, we'll have a, a, a night about adoption and foster care, and some people go, ah, that's just not my thing. My thing is single moms. Awesome. Great. That's great that that's your passion. Okay? But in, in, along with that passion, you've got to have a spiritual gift of administration maybe. Right? So I can organize these events, and, and I can do this. Now, somebody says, well, I don't have the gift of administration, but I have the gift of service. Okay? So, and I, too, have a passion, let's say, for single moms. Okay, so how can you serve single moms? You can go help mow their yard right? You can, you can make sure that anything that's broken around their house that, that, that maybe, you know, traditionally maybe their husband would come and fix if, if they're not good with it. Now, I know some ladies that are better with screwdrivers and hammers than, than many men I know, but, but let's just, I'm just walking you through this, right? So you, you go help fix the things. That they, and, and this is kind of how all that works together. We're not all, uh, you know, on the same, we're all working together for the common good, which is uh, the body of Christ. And so we have gifts, we have talents, we have passions. And here's the last part I'm going to give you. And uh, I just want to save you some time from emailing me and us all being frustrated. Uh, 
Because you'll email me and you'll say, Pastor, I, here's my spiritual gift list. What do you want me to do? And I'm going to say, uh, God love you. We've got 400 members here, and I'll get back to you uh, sometime in the next 400 days, okay? Please don't be frustrated. Uh, so here, here's, here's what I, I, I say to people. I, I say this to my kids, and so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to talk down to you. Um, I, I wish, you know, like... For me, this is a struggle because my personality is to jump in anyway. So some of you are planners, and that's why we, like, we're going to miss here. So I'm just going to tell you, here's the fourth thing on that list, okay? So it's my gifts, it's my talents, it's my passion, and the fourth thing is trial and error. That's it. You have to try it, okay? Say, man, I've got the gift of teaching. Go try to teach. Oh, I I burned it. Like, it was bad. It was bad. I mean, I was like, okay, well, well, try again. Okay, and, and what you may decide is, I have the gift of teaching, but I am not supposed to be teaching adults. I'm supposed to be teaching children. You go, oh, that's it. And so you spend all this week studying, and you, you learn great lessons, and then, and then you get to have fun with kids and teach them. Like, it's great. Now, some of you are like, I got the gift of teaching. We're like, we have a spot in preschool. And you go try that, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they ate me alive. Literally, I have bites right here. No, I don't know what happened. We were talking about Jonah and the whale and suddenly they're grabbing on to me like I'm so, I don't know. I want out. Okay, so we try it. We try it. Say, I have the gift of administration. God love you. Try to organize an event. Okay? And you may find out you don't actually have the gift of administration. You just took a test and you thought you had the gift of administration. We got to keep taking that test, trying to figure it out. Because sometimes, right, what we think about ourselves this is how we figure out these gifts. These gifts, we, we just try on air. We actually have to do it, okay? So here's what I want to tell you. If you're here this morning, you have no clue what your spiritual gifts are. You don't even know what um, spiritual gifts are. Uh, we've done something on our website. I've got a little, uh, so if you go to our main website, it's got the big banner. I am a church member. That's what it says right now. And then it'll roll through VBS. And underneath it, it says, check this out. And it has this little thing, I'm a church member, which talks about this series that we're doing. Okay, and it explains this series. And it has two links, Okay, it has two links right there on the front page of our website, fbcelgan.org. Okay, so you scroll down under the picture, check this out. I am a church member, and at the end of that text, it has two links. One link is a description of all of the spiritual gifts, and you just click on it, download a PDF, and go, oh, okay, and you read about it. So you read, what are the gifts? What is administration? What does that mean? What is teaching? What does that mean? What is prophecy? What does that mean? You're going to read the description, okay? The second thing is a tool. It is a test to try to help you figure it out. Now, I'm going to say this again. It is only a test. Like, it, it depends on your input. It's helpful, but, but it, it ain't the Holy Spirit, okay? It's just helpful. And so, uh, you know, and so we pray about this. Now, listen, I, I don't want you to think that you cannot email us and ask us questions, all right? Please don't hear me wrong. What, what I'm saying is there are a million things that need to be done in the body of Christ. You just need to do them, right? Just, now, if, if you feel like I need permission for it, that's cool. Let us know. Hey, I want to start a new ministry. Cool. Let's put our stamp of approval. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it. All those things are fine. But, but what I'm telling you is, you, believe it or not, you don't need us to sort through your spiritual gift test and then try to tell you how to use it. That is not, we are not the Holy Spirit. That's love. We're not the Holy Spirit. You have to rely on the Holy Spirit to show you where to get you plugged in so that you can use your gifts for the body of Christ. And the last thing I'd encourage you, remember these gifts are meant to be used for the body. They're not to be meant to be used on your own and by yourself, okay? So, so we start there. So that's the first thing. Second thing I want to challenge you to do 
is uh, every week is a commitment. Our commitment this week is a commitment to being a functioning member. And so I'm going to ask you to make the commitment to be a functioning member of the body of Christ. And uh, I looked up the definition of function or functioning uh, this week. And what it says is to do the thing you're created to do. That's properly functioning, is to do what you're designed to do. Okay? And there's only two other options. Okay? I, I just share this with you. The only two other options, apart from doing the thing you're created to do, is to, uh, that's functioning, is to malfunction. That means to not be working properly. Okay? The other one I found is dysfunction, it, which means you're doing something ain't even close, right? I mean, you have just decided, I'm making the own system. Like, you're a part in a car, and you decided, I'm a spaceship, right? I mean, that, like, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you know, you're the belt, and you're like, I'm a time machine. And, and some people, God bless them, uh, is kind of, that's how we are in the body of Christ. We're just like, yeah, I'm Billy Graham. And you're like, no. Um, and so we just, we got to, we got to, so no malfunction, no dysfunction, right? I, I, I just want to function. And so somebody says, well, what does that look like, pastor? What do you think a functioning member looks like? Now, I'm not going to talk to you about being here because uh, I think that is said, you know, I think to be a, a member, you got you to gotta be there. Uh, it wasn't long ago that people talked about active membership. You know, we, we have active membership, and we have non-active members. And then if you're in non-active, eventually we delete you off the roll because you ain't doing anything. And uh, that's how we operate around here because we think that's biblical. But you didn't have to used to have that. Right, because active members back in the day, and this is not so far ago. I'm, I'm going to go back. Uh, if, if we went back 20 years, this would be true. Even active member meant you were here oftentimes three times a week. That was active, right? And, and so now we consider active members people that show up three times a month. That, that, no, that's that's church culture across the board. That, that's kind of how we. We, we define, so, so I, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about how often you come to church. I think, I think this is a, a priority is worshiping Jesus if you're a member of the body, okay? So that, like, that's just, it, it's just there. But here's, here's what we would, would talk about. I, I talk about these things. I talk about, um, you, you need to, you need to be a praying member. That means that you, uh, because of the love, your love for God and your love for others drives you to pray. You, you pray for the kingdom of God, for the expansion of the kingdom of God, for this body called the church. You pray for people, uh, individual members of the, this body called the church that uh, the Lord would use them. So we, we expect uh, functioning members to be praying members. We expect functioning members to be serving members. That means that they know the gifts that they possess, okay? That they're actively trying to put those gifts into practice. Uh, and, and so that, that's kind of a, a, a big deal, big deal. They seek to use those things. Uh, we expect those members to be giving members. And, and we use some terms around here like joyfully and sacrificially. Uh, that, that means it's not a burden. It's not a burden. It's something we want to do because we want to see the body grow and we want to see the body get stronger. And, you know, you always know an athlete uh, is serious about, about getting stronger when they decide, I'm going to change my eating habits, Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to do things differently, right? Because they're, they're committed to grow. And so it's kind of that same principle, right? We, we expect our people that are, are, are functioning members here to give. Um, we expect them to go. If you're a functioning member, we expect you to go. And, and kind of what we do is, is really the end is kind of a commissioning service every week. Go out into your community 
and be the hands and the feet of Jesus, right? And sometimes God's going to tell you to go further than your community. He's going to say, I want you to get on a plane. I want you to go to another country. And again, you're going to be the hands of the feet. And that's part of what it means to be an active part of the body of Christ, right? Is we're going to go into the world and, and be witnesses. And what we spent the last 16 weeks learning is it's not hard to be a witness. You just got to go and tell your story. And so I, I hope you're at that place now. You're so comfortable with your story about what God has done for you that you can go into the world and you can share that story, right? And the last thing we expect from active members is, guys, we expect you to do, right? Not just to go. So it's pray, serve, give, go, and do. To seek to put into practice the things that you learn here. Just to do them, okay? That when you read your Bible at home, you go, hey, that's something I can do, Okay? that we actually put the word of God into practice. So that, that's kind of what we, we expect. And so uh, here is our first commitment. It's on the back of your sermon notes. I'm just going to read it to you, and then I'm going to let you uh, figure out if you're ready to sign and date it. And here's what it says. Uh, commitment number one, I will be a functioning church member. Not I am, I will be. I will be a functioning church member. I will play my part in the body of Christ using my unique spiritual gifts in cooperation with other believers who are using theirs. I will pray for my brothers and sisters. I will serve them and do my part, whether I'm an eye, an ear, or a hand. I will give joyfully and sacrificially to the body of Christ. I will go into the community and the world and be a witness, telling others my story, which is really all about him. I will be a doer of the word. No more mere talk. I will put into practice the things we teach and study here. And above all else, I will love others as God has loved me. I will be a functioning member. That's the first commitment that we're going to ask you to take. And so uh, I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer, and uh, we're just going to have a moment where you stare at that piece of paper and figure out if that's what you want. Just being honest, just a moment. And so uh, uh, if you bow your heads and pray with me, Father, um, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this, this, uh, this place that we get to gather, and we get to talk about your kingdom, and we talk about what it means to be your followers and to be a part of your bride. And in this moment, uh, just, we're just, we're just going to spend 60 seconds in, in silence looking at this piece of paper. And Holy Spirit, would you prompt us? Are we ready to put our name on that commitment? Are we ready? God, if there's somebody here that's not, Lord, I pray you'd call them to that. Father, if there's somebody here that is like, this is ridiculous. I'm a member here. I've been here. Just change their heart. Because it's not about having our name on a roll. It's about doing the things you say your church should be doing, okay? Lord, help us be your bride. In your name we pray, amen.